0: time we anchor ourselves into the core themes of Christianity. Hi, this is Greg. I'm one of the pastors here at West Valley Christian Church. Who is Jesus? What is the Bible? What are sin and grace? How do you become a Christian and then live like them? Over the next few weeks, we're going to dig into these questions and see what God's word has to say about bringing a new life and new light into our lives today. We hope you enjoy. Good afternoon or something like that. Hey, um, I, uh, before I get into our message today, I just want to share uh, a few things. And for those of you online, um, welcome. And uh, oh, you know what? I need to give a shout out to Tennessee. I told one of my buddies, he's been watching and he and his family. And I said, oh, I'll give you a shout out. But uh, I forgot last week and he let me know. So there you go. <laughs> Hi. So um, here's the deal there, uh, you know, in ministry, you get to see a lot and um, sometimes uh, maybe I even just share some of the hard stuff, but you know, we also get the front row of a lot of good. And this week um, I'm just going to shoot straight. I'm exhausted. Uh, So you'd be praying for me, but um, this week was really good. Um, And if you're a part of this church body, the things that I'm going to share right now, it's you. You, you are a part of what I'm going to share. So um, just real quick, uh, we have a school, uh, praise God. Uh, we've survived a lot of different challenges over, gosh, almost a 40-year history, uh, the closest being the pandemic and the recession before that where a lot of schools closed. But God kept us open, amen? So um, I always like to say this, the kids get the Bible. And uh, boys' bathrooms are for the boys. The girls' bathrooms are for the girls. So that's how it is. Uh, We love that. So with that, we had an open house on Thursday. And um, sometimes we as church staff will put a table out there and we'll meet some of the families. And so we were able to do that, some of the staff. And it was just a great night. But it was so cool listening to some of the stories of families that are attending uh, the school that had no idea about what's going on over at the church. But it it, it was just cup filling. Then you fast forward to the next day. Um, we support, one of the ministries that we support as a church is called Open Arms, and um, it's an amazing ministry. They had a um, banquet on Friday night, and so I think there's about 20 or so from our church that attended that. It was a great evening, but the thing that was really special was just to hear what that ministry is doing. And, uh, you know, we as a church can't be all things to all people, amen, right? But there are parachurch organizations that specialize in certain areas. So that was really exciting to be a part of and just hearing the life-changing stories there. Then Saturday, yesterday, we had a celebration of life service at 11 o'clock. One of our members, uh, probably most of you didn't know her or her husband, pretty quiet. Uh, She would wear a scarf. She was battling cancer for five years, and finally um, cancer got her at 55. And so we had a full house here yesterday. And as as hard as that is, because Kathy was a friend and she was just a sweetheart of a woman, for those of you that know her, it was just awesome that the church could provide an environment for people to heal and for people to celebrate a life. Amen? And just the ministry that went on there. Then um, I'd like to say I went home and changed suits, but I'm just going to tell you a secret. I didn't. I changed my shirt and tie, and I got on the road uh, to go down to Orange County for uh, my Hope University, another ministry that we support. It's a Bible college. Uh, They were having their big gala at Disney Hotel. And so I would say that they need to cut it down about three hours. It was five hours long, but um, the positive was you got to hear story after story of students that attend this college that are not only getting business degrees and psychology degrees, teaching degrees, but ministry degrees and are taking those and impacting the world for Jesus Christ literally all over the world. And I think that you need to know that kind of stuff because you know one of the things when we take up our offering and stuff, 12% goes directly towards ministry, ministry like that. And so isn't that awesome that God is allowing West Valley to participate in, in ways like this? And that means that you are participating in ways like this. So it was fun, uh, but tiring. I pulled in at 11.35 last night and did not want to get out of bed. <laughs> but here's the thing. It doesn't stop. Tomorrow, uh, I think it's called um, protest day or something like that. And so we heard about that. And so we as a church uh, have hired a coffee cart, you know, with all those fancy drinks and stuff. And we're gonna have it at the Topanga Police um, Department Division over here on Roscoe and Canoga. And we're gonna be serving them all day long and saying thank you for what you do in our community. And then... Thursday and Friday, West Hills Hospital has asked us to bless the hands of the nurses. When does that happen? And so we get to participate in that. And so anytime we're doing this stuff, you're doing it. Amen. So do you see why I want to share? Like, this is positive stuff. God is so good. And we are so humbled to be able to have a front row seat to what he's doing in people's lives. Being in the hands and feet. Amen? So, on to the sermon. Um, you know, I, um, I've said it before in this series, which we started two weeks ago. This really, this series, Discover Life, is the core of who we are. And honestly, if, if I could just preach this every week, yeah, it might get boring. But the truth is, this is what we constantly need to be reminded of, of what we're learning from this Discover Life series. It's sort of the core, the cliff notes of what this book is all about. Look at that. What Christianity is all about. Oh, here, see, God just reminded me. Uh, when we were singing, I, I'm just telling you, I needed the line of that song that we just sang my heart needs a surgeon, my soul needs a friend, amen? And so literally that just came flying from heaven. How cool (laughs) is that? And that's what this Discover Life series does. We learn the very first week about Jesus. We learn that Christianity is not a religion, it's a what? It's a relationship. And it's a relationship with Jesus Christ. And all of us can have that relationship. We just have to enter into that relationship. We have to engage in that relationship. And how we do that is through prayer and through reading of his word, amen? We learn that this book is about Jesus. The Old Testament is about Jesus is coming. The first four books of the New Testament, the Gospels is about Jesus' life. Jesus is here. The rest of the Bible, the epistles, is about Jesus is coming again. So this book is about who? This book's about Jesus, so we can have a personal relationship with Jesus. And then last week, we learned about the Bible. And we said the key concept for the Bible is who's the boss? It's not Tony Danza. But who's the boss? The Bible's the boss. Psychology's not the boss. Pastors aren't the boss. Traditions not the boss. The Bible's the boss. And if there's a disagreement between one of those things and the Bible, who's right? It's the Bible. And so we learned about the importance of the Bible. This book it says is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It's able to penetrate, dividing soul and spirit, and joints and marrow. Right? It judges the thoughts the, uh, of the heart. So this is a good book. It lights the way on how we're supposed to live. Amen? And so today we're going to talk about sin and grace. How many of you are excited about talking about sin? Yay! Yay! Can I hear it? Yeah, oh, sin! You should be excited because you're good at it. I've watched you. <laughs> but I'm better. We're going to talk about sin, but I will never talk about sin without talking about grace. Father in heaven, this is tough stuff. And yet it's good stuff. And God, this is an ear tickling stuff, but you didn't send your son Jesus to die for just ear tickling messages. We wanna hear what you have to say. Help us, God, to to listen and help us to not only listen, but to take it into our hearts and be convicted. Lord, allow your grace to shower this place. This is our prayer in the name of Jesus, and all God's people said, amen. Amen. So you're taking notes, write this down, sin, S-I-N. We're going to be talking about sin here at the very beginning, and I am going to give you the key concept. The key concept is radical problem. Can you say that with me? Radical problem. Can you say that again? Radical problem, all right? So sin is a radical problem. You go, why, pastor? Well, I'm glad you asked. Let me tell you why I think sin is a radical problem. If you open up your Bibles, which we do here at West Valley Christian Church, Isaiah chapter 59, starting in verse one. Surely the arm of the Lord is not too, what? Short to save, nor his ear too dull to hear. God's not there going, huh, huh, what? But your iniquities, that's a big word for what? Sin. Okay, so your iniquities or your sin, your sin has done what? It separated you. The Bible says separated. Can you say separated? Separated. It separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden His face from you, so that, you, that so that He will not hear. This is a big problem. It's a big problem. Sin is a big problem because it separates us uh, us from God, our Creator. Almighty, and then someone's like, whoa, 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 ah, this doesn't make sense. Why does it separate us? Because God is perfect. God cannot have sin in His presence. And so when you and I fall short, when you and I choose to sin, we are causing this separation. And let me put it to you this way both my boys were in the first service. Love them both. I would never want any separation between myself and my boys. For those of you that are parents, would you agree? I mean, like, and some of you have that going on right now, and it's heartbreaking. It is literally heartbreaking to have any kind of separation. And now think about that with our heavenly Father and us. When we choose to sin, we're choosing to say, God, you and I are on hold for a moment. So that means sin is a what? Sin is a radical problem. It's not a problem on God's end. His arm's not too short and his ear's not too dull to hear. But there's a reason why there is this separation. And now some of you go like, oh, okay. all right, pastor, um, I'm not a sinner though. Man, I'm not like so-and-so. Well, okay, good. You're not like so-and-so, but you're you. And you are a sinner. Oh, you're insulting. You're one of those churches, huh? No. I don't say that as a condemnation. I don't say that to degrade you. I don't say that to put you down. It's just true. And, 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 and here's the deal. Who is a sinner? Well, glad you asked. Romans 3.23. It says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So you can smile. It's an us problem. Yeah? It's an us problem. I'm not the only one. And you're not the only one. As a matter of fact, there's only been one that has walked this earth. And as the Bible says about Jesus, he was tempted in every way, but did not sin. So he understands temptation. He understands all the things that you and I go through. But he didn't give in to it where you and I do. So we're all sinners. And, and, and again, that's not an old. Oh, you're bad shame on you it's just the truth it's just reality so it's like okay we've all made bad mistakes we all fall short now listen to this romans six twenty three. for the wages of sin is what for the wages of sin is death but the gift of god is what eternal life in and through good works in and through getting a higher education in and through money, in and through, I could keep saying all these different things. Does this make sense? Is this resonating with you? It says, no, it's through Jesus Christ. It's not through arranging your fruits or correctly in your home. It's not through having a crystal hanging around your neck. It's through Jesus Christ and him alone. I love this passage because it says, for the wages. I understand wages, now, I, I, I don't, I, I'm just gonna tell you, don't I, you know this might be a positive or negative for you? I'm actually considering a job change. I saw at Chick Fil A, I could almost make twenty bucks an hour. <laughs> I'm like, that's that's pretty good. I come from the day where my first job was three dollars and thirty-five cents minimum wage wages. So let's say I go to Chick-fil-A. Let's say I make $20 an hour. Let's say, oh, we're really pretending now. There's no taxes, right? And so I've worked 10 hours. And then I'm going to get my pay check. And my wages that I earned are what? Some of you, I need to give you time to take off your shoes and socks. Simple math, 10 times 20 equals. What? Common car people, I'll give you another half hour. Sorry, that's funny. It's a joke. Don't take it personal. Two hundred dollars, right? But I get my check, and it's a hundred dollars. Am I just gonna go, oh yeah? Or am I gonna go to my boss and say, "Wait a second, I worked ten dollars, or I worked ten hours for twenty dollars an hour. I got a hundred dollar check. I deserve what? Two hundred dollars. Give it to me, right?" I, I would do because I've earned it. How many of us are knocking on God's door going, did you not watch me this week? I sinned like no other. I deserve death. <laughs> Was that any of your prayer lives this week? <laughs> Walter, did you pray that? <laughs> like, I don't, maybe there's one of you in here. That, but we're not like going, I earned it. I really did outdid myself this week. But the Bible says for the wages of sin is death. That's what we deserve. Then there's the but, and the buts in the Bible are really good. But what does the Bible say? The gift of God is eternal life through who? Christ Jesus. Sin is an archery term. Did you realize that? The Greek language that's used here uh, simply means, uh, sin means to miss the mark. Right? So in archery, you've got this target. We've got a bunch of men uh, probably making their way down the mountain right now that are at a men's retreat, right? And um, one of the things that's cool at Andrews Crest, you've got uh, archery, and so they've got these hay bales and they've got targets and you've got these things. And, and let me just tell you, I suck at it. Am I allowed to say that? It's true. I'm really bad at it. And I hate it because it, it, I always do it wrong and to where it just rips my fingers and all that. Wah, wah, wah. Sorry. You know, I'm just happy to hit the bale of hay and not the guy that's running the whole project, you know? Um, forget about the little circle with the colors in it, right? But, but, but there's a target and you're aiming at it. And that's, that's, that, that target for us as Christ followers is Christ likeness, right? It's a righteous life to live right with God. And, and, and I don't know about you, but my life, sometimes I nail on the target and sometimes I am like squirrel, right? Target's here and I'm shooting over here. And sometimes it's as accidental and sometimes it's like, God, just don't watch. I wanna do this for a moment. Does that make sense? And so sin, I, I think about it that way. It's missing the mark. Uh, iniquities, uh, uh, transgressions are also words that, that are, are closely linked with the word sin. And, and, and the word literally means to step over the line or depart from the path. So if this is how God is wanting us to live this, this, this path, but we choose this one or this one, we're diverting, right? We're not doing what God wants us to do. And that is called sin. Can anyone relate to that? Has anyone diverted from the path in which God has called them to? I say this all the time and I'll say it again. I'm no different than you other than I'm the one that has the microphone and I'm on the stage today. I am a sinner saved by grace. I love Jesus and I know he loves me. And I have changed my life in 30 plus years of walking with him. But I am a work in progress. How about you? This is a place of messy people. And I think sometimes that what breaks my heart is when I meet with people that aren't used to coming to church or people that are new to church, they they just say, man, I love it, Pastor, but... And the but is almost always the same. But I look around and all the couples are holding hands and they're smiling and they love each other. The marriages must be beautiful here. And the kids are oh so well-behaved. And Pastor, your shirt's tucked in. And, 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 And every... And then I just sit there and going, what church did you visit? <laughs> now, please hear me. Please hear me. I say this in love because we've all grown and there's so much positive growth in here. But I've heard some of your mouths this week. I know what some of your marriages look like. I know the struggle that you have with parenting. I know dot, dot, dot. And by the way, those that are close to me know too that I have my issues. And so we don't have to get all cleaned up and pretty to come into this place. Because if we came into this place perfect, we wouldn't need Jesus in the cross. Amen? And so we're just in this together, trying to get our quivers, <laughs> our arrows right lined back up with what God wants us to do. So sin is a radical problem, amen? The late Calvin Coolidge said this, uh, after going to church one morning, his wife wasn't able to attend, so she said, hey, honey, what was church about? And, And Calvin was known to just be a man of few words. He said, sin. And like any good wife, she wanted a little more information. And she said, but can you give me more? Well, he was against it. My question is, are you for or against sin? Because church, we need to be against sin. As much as it tastes good and smells good in the moment, it's not good. And God has a better life for us. Amen. Now, some of you are wrestling with, well, well, Pastor, you keep talking about sin and separates us from God, and we've all sinned, we all fall short, and the wages of sin is death. But what specifically is sin, especially for the person that didn't grow up in the church? You're like, I I don't understand what that is. Well, there's not a verse, there's not a chapter, and there's not a book in the Bible that gives you a whole list. I kind of wish there was. But there's all sorts of stuff that helps us understand what some sins are. And so Galatians is one of those chapters that gives us a little bit of a list. So if you wanna turn to Galatians 5, verse 19, it says, the acts of the flesh are obvious. Now, here's the reality. I would say, no, Paul, they're not. (laughs) They're not obvious to me sometimes. But the acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's a pretty clear list, isn't it? Now, some of those words you might have to have defined. But think about this. Robbie Denton's 18 years old. I've never really read the Bible. Pastor Darren Skates, the youth pastor at our church, is teaching me this. I'm on my bedroom floor at my mom's house that I've just moved into over here on Sadekoy and um, Fallbrook. Again, 18 years old, new to this stuff. And I'm not quite understanding sin. I just know it's bad, bad, bad because of my experience growing up. And then all of a sudden, there's names put there. And I'm looking at this list going, ooh, I'm on that. Now, here's, here. fast forward 30-something years. Actually, just last week, April 26th. Last week, I was baptized on April 26th. So it's been, it's been 35 years. You know what's really interesting? When I was 18 years old, there was things that I was struggling with on that list that today I don't struggle with at all. That's the positive. Like, do you know you don't have to live in a specific sin for the entirety of your life? Did you know that you could have victory over sin, church? And I believe that's what's gone on in this room. As much as there's struggle in this room, there's victory in this room. I've seen victory in relationships. I've seen victory with your mouths. I've seen victory with priorities. I've seen victory with gods in your life. I've seen it, and God is a God of victory, amen? And so we don't have to succumb to the sins. We have power over it, because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world, the Bible tells us, Amen? Smile, because that's good news. But the bad news part of it is, I look at that list 35 years later at 54 years old, and things that weren't a struggle for me at 18 are now a struggle for me at 54. (laughs) Am I the only one? Am I the only one? It's like, how does that work? Well, that's just how life is, right? And it's spinning plates, and you got this one figured out, and all of a sudden, scroll. You're like, what, when did this become a problem? Well, it is. And that problem is separating you from God. Does that make sense? And so this is just a small list, but this helps us understand. And really at the core of sin, this is the thing that really helps me out. Like, how can I get at the core of this? Scripture tells us what the core of every sin is. That's a pretty bold statement. But I've never, I say 99.9% of all sin, the root of it is what we're gonna talk about. Now that leaves room for one, but I still haven't figured it out in 35 years. James 4.6 says this, but he gives us more grace. That is why scripture says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor for the humble. James 4.10, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. James 4.16, as it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes, all such boasting is evil. You know what the core of all sin is? It's pride. And you spell out pride, P-R-I-D-E. Did I do that right? Yeah, that's a big word for me. P-R-I-D-E. What's at the center of pride? I. Me, 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 I, I, I. That's our struggle. You know why I fall short? Do you know why I'm aiming for what God wants me to do and all of a sudden I shoot this way and this way? It's not his problem, it's my problem. Because something has tempted me. Something has got me looking the opposite direction of what God desires for my life. Amen? It's getting quiet. This book is a great book. I've shared that with you, and sometimes it does surgery on us. Sometimes it encourages us. This is the most important book. But let me tell you about this little book that sits on my shelf. This book can ruin you. It's by C.S. Lewis. (laughs) It's called Mere Christianity, I see some heads going like this. It is a great book, but it is mean because it's just real. And there's a chapter, and it's probably one of my favorite chapters. It's called The Great Sin. And I want to read an excerpt from it. It says, today, C.S. Lewis says this, today I come to that part of Christian morals where they differ most sharply from all other morals. There is one vice of which no man in the world is free. No man. Which everyone in the world loathes when he sees it in someone else and of which hardly any people except Christians ever imagine they are guilty themselves i have heard people admit that they are bad tempered or that they cannot keep their heads about girls or drink or that they are cowards i do not think i've ever heard anyone who was not a christian accuse himself of this vice there is no fault which makes man more unpopular and no fault which we are more unconscious of in ourselves now listen And the more we have it in ourselves, the more we dislike it in others. The vice I'm talking about is pride, self-conceit. Pride leads to every other vice. It is the complete anti-God state of mind. Would you agree with that? Loose translation of what C.S. Lewis just said. We are our own worst enemy. Amen? And yet we are the best because God created us in his image. And so we have this tension. It's the, the Looney Tune cartoons that I grew up on, right? The little angel on this side and the little devil on this side. And there's that tension. Which voice am I gonna listen to? The voice of God or the voice of self C.S. Lewis also says pride or power is what pride really enjoys he says also as long as you are proud you cannot know God that's a pretty bold statement if you think you are not conceited it means you are very conceited that's funny because I think I'm the most humble person in this room Isn't that funny though? When you think you've arrived at humility and consciously you say that, you've really missed out on humility. This is a hard one because none of us like to think of ourselves as arrogant, conceited, or prideful. But according to scripture, it's something that we all deal with, amen? And it's why we're jealous and it's why we're filled with hate. And it's why we get angry. And you know what self does? Self always blames another person. Self always puts it on. If only that person did this. If only they would have stopped this. If only, and church, that's bull You want to get me ticked off? I will go to town on this. I will love you, I'm compassionate, I'm gracious, but I'm also get really irritated when we can't own our own stuff. (laughs) Give you a hint, if you come to my office with a relationship issue, whether it's parenting or marriage or whatever, and all you could do is tell me how awful that other person is, that's not gonna go well. I'll be nice, but I'll look at you and say, so, What's your part? Takes two to tango, amen. Well, what do we do with this problem? The Bible says the solution is repentance. There is hope. Second Corinthians chapter 7 godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret. But worldly sorrow brings death. See what this godly sorrow has produced in, your, in you, what earnestness, what eagerness to clear yourselves, what ignomination, what alarm, what longing, what concern, what readiness to see justice done. At every point, you have proved yourself to be innocent. Loose translation is there's two kinds of sorrow. There's worldly sorrow and there's godly sorrow. And the question is, when it comes to our sin, when it comes to ourself, when it comes to our ego, when it comes to us being narcissistic or, or self-centered, when it comes to all that stuff, what are we gonna do? because we all wrestle with it. Are we gonna look at it through the lens of godly sorrow or worldly sorrow? Well, what's the difference, pastor? Worldly sorrow is sorry you're caught. Godly sorrow leads to repentance. Worldly sorrow leads to death, the scripture says. Godly sorrow leads to repentance, which leads to salvation, which leaves no regret. And by the way, it says what eagerness, what what indignation, what uh, longing, and all those words are like, let's get after this now. So, Godly sorrow leads to repentance. Repentance is a military term. I'm struggling with anger and I'm walking in anger. I'm walking in anger. God convicts me and says, you can't live in this anymore. And I say, I'm going to repent. Repentance is an about face. It's a 180 turn. It's turning back to sin and turning to God. Amen. And now I'm marching in a different direction. My arrow or or my bow is pointed in the right direction. My life is pointed in the right direction. This is what happens. And there comes a point where we we truly repent that there's real change that happens. And after a period of time, that doesn't even become an issue anymore. And that's what we talked about earlier, right? And there's times of refreshing that comes from repentance, yes? It's exciting when we conquer that sin in our life. But here's what we tend to do. Let me say this, here's what I do. I'm walking in the anger. I'm walking in that sin. I know I'm convicted. God says, repent. I know I'm supposed to repent. I turn to God and I'm walking with God and then I go right back. Sometimes it's to the same sin or another. So instead of a 180, I do 360s. You know what happens when you do enough 360s? You get dizzy and you fall down. (laughs) Church, this unlocks the best word. Repentance leads to grace. Can you say grace? Can you say grace? See, when you say grace, your your cheeks got to go up. There's got to be a smile. Grace. You can't go grace. 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 Grace is the sweetest sound. That's why we say amazing grace. My friend is right here, Alan. Alan Sarah Lou, and many of uh, you have also been there with me. Uh, Samoa. There's one um, place that we go to and we do a, a medical clinic, a kids' camp, a sports camp. And there's uh, uh, one, one village particularly. It's right off the ocean. Well the whole island. It's an island, so everything's off the ocean. But this one's literally where you stay. And so we'll get up early in the morning. We'll eat breakfast. We'll set up a medical clinic. There's like 20 of us. We'll set up a medical clinic. We'll set, see over 200 patients. But uh, halfway through the day, we'll eat lunch. And then half the team will go start setting up for a vacation Bible school for kids. So half the team's doing medical clinic, the other one's doing that, and then a portion of that team goes over and they set up for a sports camp for the teens. So there's 20 of us doing a sports camp, a kid's camp for 100 kids, and a medical clinic. We are exhausted and we do this for four days in a row. And one of my favorite times is is about five o'clock when the medical clinic's closing, the VBS is closing down and we could go right back into our place, get out our swim trunks and right there is a freshwater pool that's coming in from the ocean and it's just so cold, but so good. There's nothing like at the end of that day jumping into that water. And my whole body that hurts and aches is now numb, but it feels so good. And all that dirt and all that humidity from that day is just gone. And I'm refreshed as I sit in that pool of water. Church, it's time for us to jump into the pool of grace. So many of us are hurting, so many of us are tired, So many of us are filled with shame because so many of us have been told by others how bad we are or we've told ourselves how bad we are. And I wanna tell you, not because I tell you, but because God's word tells you, it's time to go swimming. It's time to go jump into that pool of grace. Yes, there's consequences to sin. Yes, there's things that happen as a result of sin. But here's what we need to hear We need to hear stop living in shame and start living in the grace of God that loved us so much that he sent his one and only son to die for us on a cross. And all God's people said, will you? Will you take a swim? Remember, guilt says I've done something bad. Shame says I am something bad. This book does not say that you are a bad person. It just says your arrow or your bow just got off a line a little bit. Repent, get it back there, and keep doing life, living to the full. I need a good dose of grace. How about you? Father in heaven, help us to live in grace. I think back to that song that we sang just moments ago. My heart needs a surgeon. My soul needs a friend. And that friend is your son, Jesus Christ, who came to give us grace. Thank you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at wvcch.org or you can join us live in one of our Sunday services. Have a great day.